so glad you're here. This morning, the title of my message is going to be different. If you're listening by podcast and you're one of those people that said, please share this, hang with us because the next part of this will be next week, but I'm excited about what God has for us. Look at your neighbor and say, courage is calling you. All right, I want to read from Deuteronomy 31 and 3. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. Someone say, the Lord crosses over before us. Thank you, Pastor Todd. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong and of good courage. For you must go with this people to the land that the Lord has given them. I want you to say, the Lord has given me my destiny and my land and my promises. And he said, and the Lord will cause you to help them inherit it because the Lord goes before you. First of all, the Lord has already crossed over 2023 by himself before you. Isn't that wonderful? Every day of 2023, he's already crossed over before you. And he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear. Someone look at your neighbor and say, do not fear or be dismayed. For this is what Philippians 2 and 13 says before we pray. For it is not your strength. Everyone say, not my strength. But it is God who effectively is at work in you. Say, God is at work in me. That is, he is strengthening you, the Amplified says. He is energizing you, and he is creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his pleasure. Is that not a good word? He is energizing you, Cheryl, to you to fulfill his will for his pleasure. It's a good word. Look at someone and say, courage is calling you. Father, we thank you for your anointing in this room. We thank you for my brothers and sisters in this room, those listening by podcast. Speak to us. Speak through those that are going to help me this morning. And let us hear the sound of courage calling us into 2023. And the church said, amen. I love what Anne Frank said. She said, what a beautiful thought that some of our best days have not happened yet. Isn't that great? What a beautiful thought that some of our best days have not happened. Even for Mama Joyce here, who's a seasoned veteran in our life, some of her best days have not happened yet. Someone say amen. Amen. Courage is the Hebrew word chazel. Practice it, chazel. It's got a lot of depth and meaning. It means to be strong, to conquer, to prevail, but also to uphold, to strengthen to encourage. This message today is saying courage is calling you, calling you to cross over into a new year, Renee, calling you to rise up, be faithful, and expect the supernatural intervention of God. Amen? But you have to rise up, and then the intervention comes. Sometimes we want the intervention to come, and then we'll rise up, right? I've never done anything for God that others might consider great that I didn't have to rise up first, and then he intervened. I love this morning that God's courage is not limited to perfect circumstances. Can I get amen? Josh, everyone in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that did anything courageous were in less than desired circumstances. Aren't you happy about that? It's not limited to temporary feelings. I feel good about today. Tomorrow, I don't feel good. The next day, I feel good about my calling. The next day, I don't. Feelings are fickle. Someone say, feelings are fickle. It's not limited to your feelings, and it's not limited to the weaknesses of man. Give God a hand clap of praise for that. It's not limited because you and I have weaknesses. God's courage is powerful, and it's based upon his word, and listen to this, his unparalleled ability to put things in order. No one equals him in his ability to put things in order. Courage is calling us. Let's answer yes in 2023. Look at your neighbor and say yes. God has put everything you need, Devin, inside of you right now for such a time as this. He has put it here for a reason. History, Chris Vernon, happy birthday, is written with blood, sweat, and tears. It's etched into eternity by endurance. Those who stood up, who fought, who stood in, who risked, who spoke, who tried, those who conquered their fears. Today, each one of us receives a call, Kim, to take a risk, to challenge the status quo, to run while others run away, to rise above our station, and to do what others say is impossible. 
Courage is calling, and the answer is? Courage is calling, and the answer is? The year was 1939. The country was Warsaw, Poland. A man by the name of Father Maximilian Kolbe sat at a pigeonhole desk with his hands on the globe every morning. Across the continent of Europe was a blue-eyed, frenzied monster by the name of Adolf Hitler. Hitler was conquering countries all across Europe. But every morning, Father Kolbe laid his hands on the globe and prayed for God to intervene. He was a Polish priest who prayed on the power of Jesus Christ to overwhelm the power of the swastika. He opened up a monastery. He opened up a hospital. He helped over 2,000 Jews. But they said, Father Colby, your name is on the Gestapo's list. They are coming for you. He said, let them come because the force of Jesus Christ is in me and I will not deny him. Someone say amen. And surely as it was said, the Gestapo marched up the steps. They arrested Father Colby. They took him and put him at Auschwitz. In 1941, Auschwitz was working, Auschwitz was working like a well-oiled killing machine. They were, my mother and dad visited the remains of that in Germany and said they didn't even want to talk to us about it. They wouldn't even take pictures. It was so horrific. But they were killing Jews by the hour, tons and tons of them. Father Colby lived among those Jews as Auschwitz, underneath the scrutiny and the persecution and the terrible thing as a prisoner of Auschwitz. But one day, a prisoner escaped from Auschwitz. When they escaped, it meant that 10 people would die in their place. They would not just die, but they would be put in the starvation bunker, anything but the starvation bunker. The sounds was not even human that would come from the starvation bunker. The sounds of men dying in the starvation bunker was more than almost even the hardened guards could stand. That day as the whole camp was out in the heat for hours as Commandant Fritsch, who was evil, made them stand for hours waiting for someone to tell them who helped the person escape. He started picking out the ten that would die. He picked out the first nine and they all cried for themselves. But the tenth man, he cried for his wife and his children. He said, oh, he called his woman by his, her name and his children. This will grieve them. Oh, God, have mercy. From the back of those hundreds of prisoners, weak with flesh just clinging to their bones, came a sound from weak Father Colby. Commandant Fritch, I will take his place. Are you crazy? No, I will take his place. What moved him was the sound of the man's compassion for his family. Father Colby was thrown down into the starvation bunker. For two weeks they sat without food or water. But the interesting thing is the German commandants that were in charge are even quoted as saying, for the first time in the history of the starvation bunker, all they heard was faint sounds of, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I will lie down in green pastures. They heard faint singing of, oh Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Love the Lord God with all the heart. They heard faint singing of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The first time ever, and the difference was, they had someone who said, I will have courage. And Father Colby began to be Christ sitting among the men that were dying. They had a shepherd to lead them through some things. I'm going to tell you all those men died, but today in the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem, there is a place for Father Colby. And his wife and his children are buried on the premises because one man said, I can make a difference. God is not calling you to Auschwitz, but God is calling you to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to this earth. Can you give him a hand clap of praise? We must make a firm decision this morning to be courageous. When God told Joshua to be courageous, he gave him a command. He said, I will be with you. You see, God was saying, Joshua, make up your mind. Everyone say, make up your mind and I'll empower you. I'll empower you. Someone say, I'll empower you. Make up your mind to be courageous, says the Lord this morning, and I will empower you. I think there's great courage needed, Pastor Tim, for the great things like Father Colby, but I think there's courage needed for the mundane of life. Can I get an amen? The times we don't see a result. Can I get an amen? Clocking in, punching in in the morning. You feel like you just punched in three hours ago. Can I get an amen? Going to work. Didn't I just clean this mess up yesterday? Can I get an amen? Didn't I just mow this lawn yesterday? Sometimes it seems like it would be easier 
to say, I'm going to Afghanistan. I'm going to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to those people that hate Jesus. And we all pray for you. We put you on a plane. We wave goodbye to you. And we take pictures of you. You get over there and you die for the kingdom. Sometimes that seems easier. Sometimes there's a greater courage that's needed to say, you know what? This difficulty in my life did not come to stay. It came to pass. Can I get an amen? Sometimes courage is needed to say victory is in my future. Victory, I'm telling you, healing is in my future. Freedom is in my future. And destiny is in my future. You see, 2 Corinthians 2 and 14 says, Thanks be to God who always, someone say always, always causes me to triumph. Not just some of the time, but all the time. I'm going to tell you to say yes to courage. You're going to have to say no to some other things. No to wrong doors, wrong relationships. We are to say, I am well able. Look at your neighbor and say, I am well able. Sometimes when we feel like we can't take it anymore and that voice says give up on that dream, we are to turn around and speak in faith and say I have can do power. You need to look in the mirror and say what one of my elders I'd love from a distance, something good is going to happen to me today. Something good is going to happen to me in this year. I will take courage. Can you say amen? We've got to say courage like Asa when God said remove the idols. That's next week. We are to be of good courage and wait on the Lord. David said to Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do the work. Look at your neighbor and say, do the work. Do not be dismayed for the Lord will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to tell you this week, Joshua 1 and 9 for this new year, wherever you set your foot is your land. Where you work is your land. Your home is your land. This city is your land. This church is your land. And God says, be strong because I will cause you to help people to possess the promises through your story, through your testimony, through your social media God will cause you to help other people to be courageous give King Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning as I get ready for others to share I want to tell you this morning that courage is contagious I want you to say courage is contagious we have a God who deals in future our faith this morning is not in a new year our faith is in the one who can make all things new can I get an amen This is a turning of a Gregorian calendar. God doesn't really follow it, but he allows it to bring a new slate, a new mercy, a new beginning. I was reading a story by Dr. Charles Swindoll, who's on the radio a lot. I love him, love his commentaries. But he said a man wrote him a letter and said, 15 years ago, the Lord blessed my wife and I with a child who was born three months early at three pounds. There were so many things wrong with him. The doctor said, don't expect him to live past tonight. I went home and I said, God, please, I don't understand this, but don't take this child from me. That night, the doctor said, well, I don't know. It's not the same child. He's he's thriving. He's going to make it. But he said what happened is he went through so many surgeries, and each time they would try to grow the stump to his bone, he said it would have to be sawed off. I watched my son go through so much pain. I cursed God, and I turned my back on him. I crawled into a bourbon bottle for 15 years. The deeper I went, the more hell I went into. I was hung over on many mornings. Horrible things I would realize when I woke up like 22 holes in the wall and my hand was broken. I didn't remember any of that in a drunken stupor. One Sunday morning, I laid in bed and I reflected on how lousy man I was. And I took my rifle and I put it in my mouth to take my life. In the distance, I heard a radio on and I heard you say, Jesus loves you. But I'd heard that before. It didn't matter to me. But what you said next was, the Lord deals in futures. When you said that, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I said to God, God, if that is you, show me, Lord, that you deal in futures. And I took the gun out of my mouth. I turned my life over to Jesus Christ. My son is now flourishing. He's gone through surgeries, but he's making it. And when he asked the people around him, 
How did you stand with me? They said, because the Lord deals in futures and so do we. I love it that this is a church that deals in futures and in hope for every whosoever that would come in here in 2023. We believe in futures. Someone give King Jesus a big hand of praise this morning. So I want you to hear from some people. They have their own mic, and I'm going to get out of the way over here, that things that they've gone through. I want you to welcome Susan Vernon as she shares how she gained courage for what she had to face in her life. Welcome Susan as she comes. So is it on? Okay. Um, in 2015, I had a cancer diagnosis and it really blindsided me and I felt trapped and I thought if I run away or did nothing. I, I, I thought about those things, but there was no escape. And I was told this is the medical plan for your life. And it seemed like to me another trap and everything in me screamed no, but I had to do something. And I prayed for a way out and a door opened for me uh, for a different type of medical treatment. Um, but it would take courage to go through that door and where did that courage come from? Well, I know that my strength and my courage comes from the Lord. And sometimes courage is running head on into danger with a sword. And sometimes courage is just a step, moment by moment, day by day, year by year. And that's what I did. I took one step, moment by moment, living life was my goal and the Lord gave me courage step by step to the finish line cancer free amen give Jesus a praise and she just Joel if you come help me she just was released from Oasis from 12 years of cancer free no more treatments let's give King Jesus a hand clap of praise Joel has gone through some battles lately and he's going to tell you how he has found courage going to get his Bible open first. Hello, mic check. <laughs> How's everybody doing? All right, so what gave me the courage to come here, to stay here, is the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Word. We're going to recap a little bit from last time I spoke. Um, you know, I was desperate, lost everything. We're not going to go into all that, but I was, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I will leave everything. I will leave my son, this, that. Not that I wanted to, but Lord showed me that he's taking care of me. So put my trust in him. And he just poured oil all over me. At the time, I thought it was like an egg cracking on my head. You know, three days later, he gave me a vision, literally, of, like, in biblical times, a man being anointed with oil. Right, right. You know, so let's skip over to I got baptized of the Holy Spirit. You know, so now I got all this. I got all these gifts, you know. So we got the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and now let's get into the Word. So I'm here, and lately it's been like Groundhog's Day. Wake up, go to work, get prayed up the minute I wake up. You know, Lord, you know, guide me for blessed am I when I endure, blessed am I when I feel hopeless, for I can't give up because you send me the strength. The Lord said that right here. Y'all remember that? You know, so he said Psalms 23. I don't know what it means. I don't know the word like that, you know, so let's see. <laughs> Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And... That came, that's alive right there in my life. I could keep going on and on, but, I'll, you know, time's cut short. But 
the, the Lord, if you really seek Him, you know, it's foolishness to the flesh. You just seek Him with everything. Give it a try, I encourage you. Like, this is like the best video game in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? A live video game, and yes, it gets hard, but He will lift you up and you will learn to praise Him when everything vacuums, as Pastor Todd would say. <laughs> you know, and that becomes your default. And that's what keeps me here. Amen. You just put it right there. Amen. Thank you, Joel. Incredible. Incredible. And Sherry's coming to help. And, and, and don't be sweating this out. These people all know, so I'm not spontaneously calling you. You're like, well, what am I going to say? Um, and get, pick that mic up, Sherry, if you will. And, and Sherry had an opportunity. I'm going to kind of preface this. Um, after years of being in, in one place, she felt the Lord was moving to another place. And I was privileged to just be a prayer partner about this. But I wanted her to talk to you about courage and how she did that. Sherry, go right ahead. Um, okay, so yes, definitely courage and reaching out to Pastor Rhonda because I've been here since I was 16 years old. And um, first time I think I've ever reached out to say pray for me yeah. um, because it was such a big decision to switch jobs because basically I felt like I was in a toxic situation basically toxic on my health I become depressed I become where I felt like I wasn't good enough and um that was just over me and I've and I've got to say that these people right here are just wonderful so um I finally reached out at youth camp and they prayed over me so if you need a raise you go to Michael because he he got me the raise Because Michael's like, we're going to pray, and then we're going to pray for a raise. And I was like, ah, teachers don't get much raises, you know. It's like, <laughs> but Michael got me a raise. <laughs> my word and my wisdom um, of opening doors and closing doors yes. from Pastor Rhonda and giving me, you know, the word of what to do because, you know, I would be the one that turns on the radio station and going, God, give me a sign. Give me a sign. Do I leave? Do I stay? I didn't want to leave those relationships. And then Mama Linda, (laughs) who comes for me and knows, like, I just feel like she's like my my angel and just knew I was going through something and prayed with me and um, just all the people that were with me. But I was blessed with um, two interviews and got offered both positions and accepted one and it has just been wonderful, wonderful. And what was even better is the place that I left um, where I felt like I wasn't good enough. God really showed out because I doubled my goal for TCAP. So not only did I do the goal, I doubled it to show that, you know, hey, you can do this. I've got you, and I, and he kept reminding me, you know, I was fatherless, so he reminded me, I've always been here. I've never left you, Amen. and um, so not only has he reminded me of that, he healed me from cancer. Um, yes. He's he's blessed me with knowing that I was supposed to be a teacher since I was in the fourth grade, and I kept wanting to leave. I kept telling my youth group, no, I just don't think it's for me anymore, but he was like, no, this is where I'm going to keep you, so... Um, but, yes, he has blessed me in many ways and gave me courage to start a new position, and it has been a major blessing. And when I say these, this school prays, this school prays. And, awesome. and I think that's just where I needed to be. So he has, uh, you know, you have a season where you are certain places, and then it's a time to move, and he moved me. So I couldn't have done it without all of you, so thank you. Incredible. Give King Jesus a hand. I'm just trying not to touch the mic. Amen. Is that not awesome? Um, Gail, if you'll come forward, where King Jesus just helped her to get out of that place and go to a new vocation, which is scary at any age, but especially. Courage is calling you, and your answer is? Now, Gail Combs has been with us for a long time, and I asked her to talk to you about the courage that she found to adopt not just one daughter from China, but two. And Gail is a wonderful retired teacher. She's never retired. She's working all the time. But Gail, go ahead. Well, as long as I can remember, I've wanted to be a mommy. And sometime after that, I wanted to adopt. 
and it was just something God had placed in my heart, but the idea of adopting as a single parent was overwhelming. Yeah. It was something I just thought, that's not going to happen. But God has a way of speaking courage to his Gideons. Yes, that's good. Um, I was asked to go on a missions trip. Pastor Scott Thomas led a missions trip to um, Eastern Europe. And one day, the missionary, one of the missionaries said, she was talking about adoption, which, you know, it was on my heart anyway. And she said, would you like to go into the orphanage? She said, I can take you and one other person. <laughs> Your dear brother. I know. We, we went into the orphanage, and the babies there, they, they took care of their physical needs, but there were too many, and they didn't have the time to meet their emotional needs. This little girl lifted her arms up to me. She's probably about 18 months old, probably very strange or anxiety, but she lifted her arms and let me carry her around. If I could have walked out of the orphanage with her that day, I would have. Yeah. And that was a turning point for me. But God spoke the courage into my heart to see what I could do. I didn't even know if I had a chance. On the flight home, I talked with Pastor Scott, and he, he encouraged me. He added to my courage to check out what, what was possibility. And when I checked it out, it was possible. So I talked to Pastor Hank, and he added courage. He, he said, you know, this is a lifelong commitment. Having a child is a lifelong commitment, and it has been. But he said, I'm there for you. I will support you in whatever way I can. And, and he did, for the rest of his life, provide support. God provided help through my church leaders. He provided encouragement through another family that was processing for an international adoption, through a family in another situation that had just come home. Because if you're at all acquainted with government ways, there is a stack of paperwork that has to be done. And at times it was discouraging, but God provided courage through those people that were standing with me. And not only that, I had a whole family of church believers who were constantly coming up saying, how's it going? What can we do? How can we pray for you? That provided courage. That's good. And as a single parent, it's not always been easy. But God's always provided the courage to keep going, to not give up, to stand firm, and he's been my helpmate. He's been my completer. He's been my need meter. And no matter what, there's always somebody there ready to speak a word of encouragement. He, he's just been my courage. And how old are those girls now? What are their names? Hannah is... She will be turning 26 Whoa. in two days. <laughs> Abigail is 23. And um, I'm so proud of them. I, if I had the time, I could chew your ear off for hours because <laughs> God's been good. Amen. Let's give King Jesus an awesome gal. Josh, will you come? We have a few more, but you'll come and start playing. So incredible. And I wish if this had not come to me last night, um, when the Lord just said, you need to divide these, because I was going to tell some of these stories. Um, we could have had pictures, but you can find those on social media through Gail's Facebook. Two beautiful, beautiful girls. I'm going to ask my oldest daughter to come. Courtney, would you come join me? Would you give her a hand as she comes? And, and let Josh play, and we'll... So I wanted Courtney to talk, and we decided we'd do kind of a, a Q&A. Um, we're going to her. She's going to share her full story sometime this year. Sometimes on Wednesday nights, we do Facebook Live. Um, but, you know, Courtney was married before Michael, and she was married to our youth pastor, Angel Mercado. And on a Friday afternoon, we got the news that he had been involved in a horrific accident. And um, horrific. And they had life-forced him, or life-airlifted him, to Grady Hospital. 
um, I remember coming into Grady Hospital in 2017 of May, right? Um, and watching my daughter. It's one thing when you walk through things, but I'm watching my daughter go get the thing from the front desk and going back because there was a the, the community we just all we just all landed down at Grady, but she was the only one that could go back for a while. And then watching her sit with him as they were saying, you know, we think he's brain dead and all of that. Um, it was tough. Um, I saw her walk in a supernatural courage because I believe when you go through the fire, the Lord says, I will be with you. They will not burn you. The waters will not drown you. And it's, you know, to me, my daughters are always my babies. And watching that, I watched the, the radiance of the glory of the hotness, if I can say that, of the spirit of the Lord around her. But it was heartbreaking. And for, I think, 20-something days, we stayed there at Grady. Let's start with this question. How did you, then we'll go on to the next one. How did you make it that time at Grady? How did you find courage to walk through that? I know you didn't have a choice, but you could have disappeared off the planet. Yeah, I really didn't have a choice, but I just remember the first moment I walked into Grady, I knew I wasn't alone. I knew Holy Spirit was had his arms around me. And I remember every day just fighting for my husband's life because I had no other choice. I mean, I knew what I was seeing in the physical, but I had no other choice but to believe that he was going to walk out those doors with me. But I remember every day, I just asked the Holy Spirit, just give me one more day. Just give me one more ounce of strength just for this day, just for this day, not about tomorrow or the next week, just for this day. And he was so faithful every single day. I was like a find those doctors head in head, wouldn't let them pull the plug. I mean, they were pushing me for donor, you know, all that. And I was fighting hardcore because I knew I wasn't alone. I had my church family, my family, his family, but I knew Holy Spirit and all of heaven was surrounding me in those moments. And that's what gave me courage, knowing I wasn't alone. Even though I may have felt like I was alone, I knew I wasn't alone, that Holy Spirit was with me the entire time. Powerful. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? And... um, so when God made the decision, as God is, Pastor Billy, one of my elders, says sometimes we forget that God is sovereign. And at the end of the day, God makes the final decision. We have fought with faith and we have stood. And God did take him home. And we all were gathered around his bed. And that song came on, Fly to Jesus, by Chris Rice. And it's just that there, there he, he went. That um, beautiful, part Puerto Rican, part African-American, part of, I don't know where that came from. Um, if you knew him, he was, a, he was, Angel was, was just one in a million. Um, but the Lord took him that day, and there you were, and Skylar was how old? She was two. She was two. So how did you find the courage, and you were how old? I was 31. I think you're better at numbers than I'm. So how did you, how did you find the courage at that point to go on and, and have a hope and a future for your life? Well, like I said before, I really didn't have a choice. I mean, I could have chosen to wallow in my self-pity and my anger and my bitterness, turn my back on God. Why did you take my husband? Why did you take my dream, you know, that I had of my life? Why? But instead, I just woke up every morning and said, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to wake up. Even if I just got out of bed that day, I knew I did enough for that day. But the one main reason why I just continued to move forward that gave me courage was looking in the eyes of my little two-year-old. I was her safe place. I was her source of strength. I was the only parent she had left. And if I wallowed in my grief and didn't move forward with my life, it was gonna be unfair to her because she already lost a parent. I didn't want her to lose another parent, just me, you know, of my self-pity and my grief and my anger. And so I saw myself the way she saw me, that I was this fierce warrior, that I was her confident, I was her source of strength. And she gave me courage every single day. And by her leaning onto me and clinging to me, it taught me to cling on to Jesus and to hold on to Jesus. And I feel like the woman with the issue of blood who fought her way through the crowd just to get the hem of his garment. And my crowd wasn't people. My crowd was, you know, the fear of the future. Angel was the only source of income for us. I didn't know how I was going to provide for my daughter, but I knew if I got to Jesus, he would make a way. And I am not a brave person. I'm a scaredy cat. I hate doing brave things. I won't jump off cliffs. I won't... If I'm going to hurt myself, I ain't going to do it. 
but in this season, God has kind of stirred up a bravery in me that I didn't know I had. And every single day, even now, five years later, I look into the eyes of my little girl who was thriving, and she has taught me so much of the way she clings on to me. I cling on to Jesus. I don't have to worry about the future. I don't have to worry about tomorrow or how finances were going to come. I knew if I got to the hem of his garment, he would make a way. And just like the Israelites of the Red Sea, he parted the Red Sea, and he continues to part the Red Sea for me. And I just follow him every day, every step at a time. Sometimes it's just waking up and not doing anything. But that was enough for my little two-year-old daughter. And so she gave me the courage to keep moving forward. Incredible. Give King Jesus praise. Awesome. 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 Austin, Devin, if you'd come. Awesome. We have, we have one more after this. But um, courage is contagious. I believe what the Lord is speaking to us this morning is you can cross over look at your neighbor and say courage is calling you this is going to be Devin okay and I asked them to talk about the courage they recently last year or I think it was earlier this year shared with me that they felt the Lord had called them to be foster parents and they actually I'll let her tell but they have a little one their first foster child today they have so that's ironic that the Lord would do that so go ahead is absolutely perfect so I will give you excuse me she asked for us to share what gave us the courage and the answer to that is 100% the Lord because this is not a path I would have picked out for myself ever (laughs) Um, but I'll give you a little bit of backstory of what provoked those steps for us Um, I had a friend who I keep her kids every once in a while. Um, And we became concerned that she was not walking in sobriety. And I'm sorry, Courtney's got me all sad and crying, geez. Um, And I might cry on you, but uh, so I went to my husband and I told him, I said, you know, I watched her do this once before and I watched her fight to get her kids back, and I didn't want to watch her do it again. And I said, if, if she's not sober, if she needs help, can we take her kids for her? Because she needs someone that's going to give them back. And I said, can we do that? And he said, absolutely. He didn't even waver. He said, absolutely, we can do that. And so a little bit later on that night, I came back to him again. I said, well, what do you think about us going through foster classes. I said, you know, we're not prepared to take a child. We don't know. Just like Gail said, we don't know. So let's find out what is even possible. So we decided that we were going to take those classes together. And for me, as we started doing it, it was like, this is amazing. And every class we did, we were just so involved and so excited. And I looked at him, I was like, we're doing this, aren't we? Like, this is no longer you know, this is no longer if this particular person needs it. We are in this. And he's like, I think we are. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, I, I have no notes. I have no direction. But um, as we were sitting here earlier, um, Misty said, you know, we, that you guys were going to do spiritual gifts on Wednesday night. And it hasn't been, it's been a little while that me and Austin did that together um, at home. Um, and we would go through these spiritual gifts, and sorry, I told him, I said, this is, I said, I don't really have any gifts, <laughs> and he's like, and he's so encouraging, and he's so, he's so intentional, and helps me find direction, and I, and he's like, well, what are you good at, and I said, well, I said, I'm a good mom, I said, I'm a good caretaker. I said, that's what my life's been my whole life. I've, I've had jobs that take care of other people. I said, I'm a good mom. But never did I ever think that that one thing that I thought I was good at would turn into this. That's good. Yeah. So, and he's just the first one. And uh, so anyways, I'm going to quit because I'm sobbing. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Austin's going to, you can look back here and see he was, Austin was pointing to you to him while you were talking, but there he is. Let's give King Jesus. Are you going to say something? Okay. He's going to say something. All right. I was going to say there might not be that much I could say, but um, I, I will say this. Um, as we as we started this process and uh, kind of walked more into it, um, 
the fostering system, or at least who we're working with, which is Chambliss, they are all directed towards rehabilitating the parent and and getting the parent back to a safe place so that they can have their kid again. And I never forget the first time I talked to Pastor Rhonda after we realized that. And, and Devin, I said, this is what we've been doing for 15 years here. This is what Harvest has been focused on for the past 15 years is getting people back healthy so that they can return to life. And all we're doing is standing in the place and taking care of a kid, which is uh, brings a lot of joy, brings a lot of challenges. But, man, it's, it's all about restoring lives. And that is their focus. I love that about the, the, the agency that we're working through. Because I'm not sure every, as we started, I'm not sure every agency has that kind of focus. But their focus is 100% on keeping that kid in that parent's life so that that parent can succeed and so that that parent can be a parent again and not lose their entire life. And to me, that's incredible. And I was going to say this last thing. It's, it's all about being willing. And we, we talk about that around here a lot. Pastor Rhonda teaches around that a lot. Every character in the Bible, they, they didn't know what they were walking into. I mean, a lot of the story, they, they didn't have a clue. It's all about being willing. And if you're willing and just let God have the road, then who knows? Who knows what can come of it? Amen. Give King Jesus praise. That's so awesome. I love that. Courage is calling you. Courage is contagious. Michael Cook is our last one. Would you welcome him as he, as he comes? And I asked Michael to share, as you know, he shared about him going to um, Penile for help. And I asked him to share how he had courage to do that, even if he was forced into it. And also um, courage to leave there and start his life. So go ahead, Michael. Well, the first thing I want to say is, Michael, I'd like to have some time with you at the church to pray. That was a joke. <laughs> Need to raise? Anybody want to raise? Sorry. I thought that would be a whole lot better than that. Sorry. Um, you know, Noah Webster defines courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. You know, when you read that and you think about it, I was frightened, terrified. I thought, hey, the, 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 let me add to the black sheep stigma of the Cook brothers by going to uh, an institution, ministry that my father helped start. Oh, wow. And look, uh, Dr. Spellman, which was a um, colleague of my father's, um, and say, look, I need help. I was terrified. Frightened is not even a good word. But, you know, when you re I read that again, and I thought, the ability to do something that frightens you, what is that ability? To me, it's 100% the Holy Spirit. I think several have touched on it already today. And when I got there <laughs> and looked those folks in the eye and had to walk through a lot of stuff, um, it's amazing that the way the Holy Spirit would start helping you have the courage to believe that he did, he did have a plan. He does have a plan for your life to prosper, and it's good. And in all things in your life, um, he wants you to have what he measurably more than you could ever dream or ask for. Amen. So when I left there, I left with a word, two words in my heart, and I was again terrified of what the Lord has spoke to me but I wanted to I had to I had to the, the Holy Spirit gave me the believe the ability to believe that what he had for me was good and holy and true so even though I didn't really want to I had to I had to find and muster and the Holy Spirit was there with me the whole time when I wanted to puke and go find out what he had for me in my life and he obviously took that and blew it up and I think of Abram Abram when the Lord said pack up your stuff basically and go he didn't ask where. He packed his stuff. And he left. Yeah. You talk about courage. And he further I came on to be Father Abraham. So when I when I read yesterday what you you know, the message for the first Sunday in January for twenty twenty three, I thought, Wow. Lord, give this body the courage, yeah. Yeah. the ability, the Holy Spirit to tackle what you've got for us that we can do immeasurably more than he, we could ever dream or imagine in our lives. And this church is going to do that. Um, I believe that wholeheartedly there is a, there is a stirring. There is an undercurrent. I don't know what the right words are, but there, there is something moving and shaking. And I just, 
and believing the Holy Spirit will give us the ability to do something that frightens us. I for, I'll never forget when I told Lisa, the Lord spoke, church, the harvest to us, to me. But we're sitting in North Carolina, and I'm thankful today that he said, church, the harvest, because it's going to be something that, in my opinion, is the fire that's coming from this place. It is not dead. It is very much alive. And it's going to breed and it's going to impact a lot of people's lives. So I'm, I'm praying, my prayer for the body and for you, Pastor, yeah. is that um, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, would give us the ability yeah. to do whatever it is that he's asking us to be in the workplace, yeah. in this, these four walls or wherever the Lord takes this church. That he gives us the courage to do what terrifies us. Yeah. Because on the other side of that, yeah. the other side of that, I stand today with an amazing, loving wife that I don't deserve. And there's a lot of things that left that each one of us probably could get up here. And I can't tell how encouraging it is to hear every one of y'all speak. Susan, I didn't know. I didn't know any of that. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't know any of that. And it's to God be the glory. But so I'm, I'm sure everybody sitting here could get up and say, this is a time that God, the Holy Spirit, gave me the ability to do something that terrified me. I just, my prayer is that whenever the Lord wants you to do something, that the Holy Spirit would just immediately click in and give you a peace and give you a courage to step up and do whatever it is that he's asking you to do because the reward and for the kingdom is going to be large. Amen. Amen. Give King Jesus praise. Thank you, Michael. Incredible. 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 Can you give all of them a hand as I've finalized the last five minutes or four? Come on, give them even, give Jesus the biggest praise. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, guys. You all could have shared, like Michael said, each and every one of you. At any point, you have the, the opportunity to say, this is not how my story ends. I'm believing for greater things. I'm going to have courage. I'm going to skip right on to the last because he just kind of segued right to where my last thing. I want to say this. God is causing you, Josh Castleberry, to cross over and have courage, to prevail, to triumph, Misty, to get to the other side. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. I want you to say, he didn't bring me this far to leave me. It took courage for Abraham to leave Ur and go to a place he did not know. It took courage for Moses to go back to Egypt. It took courage for Christy to get cancer treatments, and she got another scan-free uh, thing on this week. Woo! Glory to Jesus. It took courage for Israel to cross the Red Sea, 9,000 feet. You think, oh, that would have been fantastic. I would have loved the special effects. Oh, really? Would you like to have been the first ones that crossed that dry ground to wonder if it would stay dry? What about the people in the middle that wondered would it stay up for them? What about the people at the end? Is God going to change his mind and swashbuckle me? I think sometimes we wonder, will God change his mind about my destiny? Am I a person that's exempt from the goodness and the greatness of God? We have to have courage to believe that God is, has a miracle in the making. He has our destiny in his hand. And that first step will lead us forward. Someone say forward. What did Moses, God say to Moses when they got to the Red Sea? Go forward. Stop complaining to me. Go forward. Look at your neighbor and say, go forward. It took King David to have a courage to believe he was anointed for 15 years while he lived in a cave and his mentor tried to kill him, living with the in debt and discontented. And we can't wait 15 days for what God's going to do. It took courage for Nehemiah to rebuild Jerusalem. And it took courage. Keith, I'm loving the new season of Chosen. I just, we got to talk about it. Um, I'm loving it. Oh, are you loving it? Ooh. Okay, stay the point, Rhonda. Um, but I love last night the, when I was watching, um, I don't watch TV on Saturdays, but last night I sat down feeling, you know, just beating this. And I loved it when King Jesus says to Herod, tell that fox I'm coming for him. What he was saying is it wouldn't do a prophet not to die in Jerusalem. We need the courage of Jesus that says, if you clap for me, I'm good. But if you don't, I'm good. If you vote for me, I'm good. If you don't, I'm good. I'm going to walk in the courage of Jesus. We need the courage of the disciples who continued on without Christ being with them. You realize they were with him for three years. I'm watching shows and I'm like, Jesus, I wish I could just see you like you really look at. I'm still 61 and asking him for that. I wish I could just see you. But I want to tell you something. They walked with him for three years, but they had the courage to go forward. Church of the Harvest, 
God is calling us in the courage to go into 2023. He says to us, remember who you are. We are going to take courage to feed people as we have fed them and even more. There is a homeless tsunami in this city and we are to help with that tsunami. There's a tsunami of addiction. We are to help. We are to teach the gospel and disciple people. I want to tell you something. Whether you just came here two days ago like Christiane and Gigi and Robert and Renee, not just two days ago, but they left other states. They, they all left California to come here not even knowing why. Aren't we glad that they landed? We're one of the places they landed. Courage. We haven't met everyone that's going to join us this year. We're going to welcome them. I don't care if you've been here 33 years like Courtney and I, or you got here two minutes ago. There are no favorites. There are no somebodies and nobodies. Everybody has a place at this church. You have a calling. You have a commission. I don't care if people come in here that left 17 times and came back. They are welcome. The whosoever are welcome in this place. Let's stand and give King Jesus a praise in this house this morning. Let's give him the praise that he's worthy of. Courage is calling. Will you say yes? I want to pray over you. Next week, we'll start charting the course. Thank you, everybody. It's so awesome. Just like this is the way God had planned it the whole time. But I want to say to you, courage is calling you. So ask the Lord. I say yes. I'm going to rise up and do what you've called me to do. And then I'm going to feel the power some of us get forced into courage, but sometimes God wants us to step into courage. A lot of these people got forced into it, but then they learned to step into it. This is a new day. Mish Kidd is one of the most courageous people I know, but I think God has a new level of courage for her this year. I believe God has a new level of courage for Pastor Barbara, for Pastor Rhonda, whatever it is. Would you lift your hands and let me commission you? Father, we thank you this morning for these stories, these testimonies, those listening. We thank you that courage is calling us, Lord. And as we begin to chart this course the next two weeks, Lord, we thank you that you will fill us with courage. You just want us to step out. Lord, I want to say today that I am willing, and you can say that in your heart, brothers and sisters, I am willing to be and to do. In fact, say that. I am willing to be all you want me to be and to do all you want me to do. When I'm tempted to give up, when I have to wait, I choose to continue to be courageous. Lord, let more of your dreams, more of your vision, and more of your purpose be seen in me in 2023. Lord, bless Church of the Harvest. May she rise up to do. Bring them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Lord, bring the prodigals in. Bring in laborers. Bring in people to help us, Lord. We are not a, not a little select group here, Lord. We wide open throw the door to send in laborers, Lord. We won't be pensive about it. We won't be jealous about it. We won't be nervous about it. But we will welcome anyone that you send to us, Lord, because we knew you opened wide the gate. And there is a place for each and every one of them. We thank you for 2023, and we say yes. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. Give